Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Okay, so today's episode of the podcast is a little bit of a special one, and I am going to, before we dive in, just preface what this is about, because it's a little bit different to my normal solo podcast episodes. This episode today is featuring an incredible guest speaker who did a live masterclass training on her topic of expertise in our Badass and Bulletproof Mastermind. So this podcast episode has been pulled directly from one of those guest sessions within the mastermind that went live, you know, between 2021-2022. So just to let you know, that's why this one sounds a little bit different. It's very much more of that conversation piece and you may actually hear some conversations back and forth with the mastermind participants and some questions that they've asked in there as well. But let's dive in. Good afternoon, Sexy Selfish Elite, and welcome to our October Feature Babe session. Um, I'm here today with the incredible Juliet Lever from Relaunch Your Life, and we've been chatting for a little while on and off over the last few years, connected through some networking groups, but she reached out when I mentioned we were talking about meditation for this month because Juliet's actually an incredible meditation teacher. So why yeah. don't you jump on in and, and share a little bit about who you are. We've been going to be following your journey in the, in the Facebook group this week, but I'm sure they would love to hear it from you as well. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, starting all the way back about seven years ago when I had a series of spiritual awakenings and I started finding out more and more about how important meditation was to really find yourself and uh, heal anxiety, which was what I was dealing with at the time. And so back then it wasn't really very cool and it wasn't very well known. No one my age was meditating. There was no insight timer. There was no, nothing like this. Right. And so I did what you had to do seven years ago and I enrolled for a one day meditation course at the WEA here in Adelaide. And it's like an adult education school where you can learn lots of different things. And I went to this one day meditation course and I was literally the youngest person by about 30 years. And I just remembered thinking like, what what's wrong with this picture like people I know are so stressed out like we need to be meditating and now fast forward seven years and you know it is just so awesome how common now common knowledge it is that meditation is powerful I mean obviously um, from a neuroscience perspective it's now science-backed the impact that meditation has on increasing our brain gray matter in our mind and helping with memory and all sorts of stuff like obviously we know the benefits but I always think it's curious because it's almost like meditations become one of those things that people know they need to do but they still don't do it and I find that really interesting so yeah I'm excited to have this chat because I've studied lots of different things I've studied um, meditation courses of course I'm a hypnotherapist which 
really just levels up your meditation skills. A yoga teacher where we practice a lot of different meditation techniques in that as well as I've studied a Bachelor of Metaphysics and all sorts of different stuff myself on a personal journey. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to have this chat today to kind of, I guess, demystify it as well and and help people raise their awareness to the ways that they're probably already meditating and they might not be giving themselves credit for. So yeah, very excited to come and chat to you today. That's awesome. And Julia actually did an incredible feature where she shared, I think it was top four tips or top five tips for meditation right. live. Yeah. And um, that, that's, that's actually in the ebook in the guest feature session. Sorry guys, I'm not well and I'm struggling to breathe a little bit. Um, and even I had a lovely meditation before I jumped on and my breath was totally fine. I'm like, this is brilliant. And then of course I'm talking and it's, it's going a little bit funny. So we've got some incredible questions that we'll dive into, but I guess your experience around meditation, what was that like when you first started? Oh, I think, you know, it's every time you meditate, you are kind of being shown how you are. And so I think it's like, it's never the same every day. It's different. Sometimes it's great and it's easy and you just sort of slip into it. And some days I think you're just like, can be very resistant to it and they're generally the days that you need to meditate the most um, so I would say at the start of my journey I was very curious I think I had all these kind of grandiose ideas of meeting spirit guides and and all of this stuff so it was like this big unknown mystery and now I suppose being a little more seasoned with it I've got a bit more of a practical um, understanding of meditation it doesn't mean I haven't had some really profound meditations but I think the biggest thing is really having like detachment I think if you go into anything if you go into meditation with like, oh, I'm going to reach enlightenment and you're sitting there and going, I'm going to become enlightened. I'm going to become enlightened. It's like, it, it doesn't happen. It's like, you know, um, I don't know how much I could go, but it's like an orgasm. If someone tells you you have to orgasm, it doesn't happen, right? It's got to yeah. be really spontaneous. And so if it's all you're thing, focused on, you're not going to like actually get there. Yeah. It's, that's it's, not total surrender. And I think like, yeah, meditation is... Yes, I'm glad I could go there five minutes into the interview. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Show they call the sexy selfishly. <laughs> Orgasms come up regularly as a topic of conversation. It's, it's good, cool. good. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it, it was just an opportunity to really explore myself. But I think, you know, meditation really helped me to become more in tune with who I really am and what was going on on a day-to-day -day basis. And it wasn't all pretty, you know. It involved, you know, a lot of difficult realizations and a lot of I think a lot of the times we're afraid people can be afraid to meditate because they know that some stuff is out of alignment in their life and meditation is holding up the mirror and it's saying hey let's be here with it and look at it and it doesn't mean anything necessarily has to change but I think it's about being present and being in the moment and I think the more we can build that muscle um, obviously like I'm a big fan of Eckhart Tolle the power of now and all of that and I think you know, the more we can practice being present, the more real our experience of life and reality is because most people are responding from their past pain or their future fears. They're not actually responding in the present moment, which in this present moment, everything is kind of perfect, you know, and we just create these illusions of fears or these patterns of past programming. And that's where we live. Whereas if we can live here, that's what meditation is like, just a practice of, of coming back to here and the now. And that's that's why it's obviously super beneficial for us in our busy, busy lives. Yeah. I feel like that concept itself pretty much cured my anxiety. The minute the logic takes over and goes, wait a minute, you're creating shit that hasn't even happened yet. You're like living three weeks and if it's not real, it hasn't happened. The minute that happened, I was like, oh my God, everything's actually pretty chill and it's fun and it's fine. But like you said about meditation, it's, it's when you go in with the intention of this is going to, I'm going to connect with my spirit guides. I'm going to 
reach total enlightenment. I'm going, oh, even me, it's like, I'm going to feel so relaxed after this. I can never fully feel relaxed, but it's the time I hop out of the shower with a towel wrapped around me. I'm just, I'm just going to lay on the bed for a minute and do some deep breathing. And I wake up four hours later from the most blissful like, meditation transition into sleep ever because it's unexpected and you detach from it. But yeah, I feel like some of the questions we've got as I'm listening to your like story and how, like, I think these questions are really going to, they're, they're, it's like they almost gave me those questions knowing what you were just going to say. That's yeah. fine. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I want to dive into the first one, if you're cool with that. Because yeah, please. When you were sharing about your spiritual journey, um, one of the girls from the membership has asked, what was your upbringing? Was it very traditional or were you always encouraged to be more spiritual, spiritually aware or, or spiritually minded? She has written. So That is such a cool question because I probably... I've thought about it, but I haven't actually really talked about it before publicly. So it's actually a super cool question. So my parents were super hippies, right? They grew up in, um, in, in, in the Osho community in Pune in India. Like that was their relationship. Oh. They connected through that. They were orange people. They got married wearing red and purple and crazy stuff, right? So they were full on hippies. And then they moved from Holland to Australia when my oldest sister was born and my dad bought his dad's business and he turned full corporate. But they still had this spiritual background, but it was like not really explained to me and my sisters. And so my my dad would like go into his meditation room and we didn't know what he was doing, but he'd come back out like an hour later. And it was just this really curious thing that adults did and we weren't really introduced to it. And I really respect the fact that my parents have always said, we want our children to form their own truth. Like we don't really want to tell them, okay, you have to meditate now or you have to do this. They wanted us to find our own paths. And I guess that reverse psychology worked on me because, you know, 34 years later, here I am full circle loving, you know, I've got most of the Osho books and, you know, it's, a, it's, it, I can understand my parents and their, their journey and their philosophy. But yeah, it was really interesting because they, there were all these books in our house, but nothing was really ever spoken about. And so it wasn't really something that was practiced at all. But I would say uh, I grew up in a very open-minded family, but a family where no one ever told you to do anything. They told you to find out and form your own truth and your own opinion, which for me as like a natural born seeker and very curious um, was the perfect, you know, family, I guess I could have chosen. I really do believe that we choose our parents um, and for a reason, you know, often for contrast, often for what our soul has to kind of struggle with or, or whatever. And so, you know, when I got this far on my spiritual journey and I realized, ah, oh, how smart was I as a little soul choosing parents who, you know, lived in Osho, with Osho in the eighties and, you know, meditated and smoked a lot of weed and you know, all of that stuff. Um, but then they also had the contrast of the corporate life and, and all of that stuff. So I could kind of see the balance and, and what I did and didn't want to do in my life as well. So yeah, it was a really good question. But I think even if I mean, we get a lot of students in our courses who are who were raised in very, you know, Christian families or very, even some people who've been in cults and things like that. And it's, and I think it's fascinating because we all get some form of programming in our childhood and things that are deemed right and wrong. And we kind of form rules about who we have to be in order to get love as a child. But if you can, um, as an adult, you know, start to question that stuff and, and figure out, well, does this still fit me? And does this fit my belief structure and my model of the world? And then you can start to explore new things, which, I think a lot of people in society judge because of their programming and they haven't questioned their programming. Whereas I, I believe, you know, the highest form of ignorance is judging something you have no direct experience of. So if you can just be super curious and find what 
what resonates based on tasting a whole lot of different ice cream flavors, right? Then you'll know what's the perfect combination in your life for your experience and based on what you want to do in the world too. So Absolutely. And as we go in the group, we dive a lot into our experience in in childhood and like, where does this thought come from? Where does this belief, where does this judgment come from? And really peeling it back. So it was interesting when we've been talking about meditation. Well, it just launched today. We've kind of been leading up to the meditation thing. A lot has come up around the conversations of like, it's not just something for people wearing tie dye. It's not just something for middle-aged women with a crystal collection. Yeah. Like, but it's <laughs> and it's not all, it's not just this corporate stress release ta- tactic anymore, but there's still this, this preconceived idea about what it is that it's not even, and realizing like for my generation, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure how old you are, but I'm 29, we're 30 next year. And so for us, there's a lot of the stuff from our parents are still stuck in like, yeah, well, that's for hippies. That's for someone else. That's not for us. And so you kind of have to break this own, break your own programming, but it's not even ours. It's passed down from our parents, which I think a lot of people are, Realize Which wasn't that. even theirs, and that wasn't even theirs. It was passed yeah. down from their parents. And, it's come from yeah. so long. Like I had something the other day when my mum refused to throw out an out-of-date can of black beans. I've never seen a cook with black beans in my life. I'm just like, this is not even you. This is like great-great-grandma from the Depression. It's <laughs> coming all the way through. Just toss the black beans. They're from. She's up there like, I'm so proud of you. We're going to save that can. Oh, it's so funny. Right. The next question I think is going to be really powerful too, because it sounds like, you know, the way that you've, not necessarily just the way that you've been raised, but you've obviously got quite a bit of resilience and open-mindedness, which I think is great. And there's obviously a lot of people in business now um, or trying to do this type of work and they don't have maybe the resilience that you and I were brought up with. So how do you deal or do you have imposter syndrome and how do you deal with that? Ah, yeah. I, I, I want to say that I don't but I think I mean I think being you would probably share this as well like being someone who I you know I teach people how to let go of limiting beliefs right so I've had to let go of a lot myself and I definitely remember about five years ago when I was first like really getting deeper into NLP and hypnosis I cleared through so many limiting beliefs of fears of judgment, caring what people think, not being good enough. Like I just blasted through that stuff because I just saw it as being in the way of me being able to serve this world in the best way that I possibly could. So I think, um, I, I think I don't, but I, I guess the interesting thing is I don't really hear a lot of negative stuff. So even if people are negatively talking about me, chances are like, you're not going to actually find out like you don't, I don't know. I don't really hear about it as much. Sure. I have people unfollow and defriend and stuff like that, but I think if you focus on that stuff, um, you're just maybe looking for reasons to stay small and hide. But if you really, I I believe if you really solidly believe in what you're doing and what you have to share and that what you have to share is going to make a difference in the world, then I mean, the Heisenberg principle, I don't know if you've heard of that, but like literally no human in this world is ever going to know everything there is to know. Like it's impossible to know everything there is to know. So we all have to proceed without all of the information all of the time in our life. Every single human in this world is proceeding without knowing everything. So we're all imposters in a sense because it's impossible to know everything there is to know. So I guess like that realization or reframe helps you to let yourself off the hook. Um, But yeah, I realized a few years ago, like the, the biggest 
I guess, imposter I could be is holding myself and my message back because that's going to rob the world of why I'm here. And, and, and I think I'll just live my life with regret, regret otherwise. So yeah, I guess um, there are tools and things that you can do to clear that stuff. And it is something that can be changed. I would say like 10 years ago when I was working corporate and I was getting paid what I thought was too much because I had very low self-esteem. Um, I definitely had imposter syndrome in the corporate world. Like I just talked myself down all the time. Uh, but now that I'm working for myself, it's, it's, it's a different energy. So. Yeah, that's a really, really powerful answer. And I hope she's listening. Who <laughs> said that in, I think <laughs> that's going to answer a lot of her questions. Um, uh, sorry. Oh, you're sorry. Yeah. I'm all right. It's just like, yeah. Every now and again, it just goes, mm. closes over a little bit. Okay. So that's a great question about imposter syndrome. I think everyone's kind of come up with that at some point. I don't think, like you said, I don't think I have it. And then I'll like get a testimonial from someone or I'll listen back to a podcast interview I did and I'm like, oh my God, I do know what I'm talking about. And then it's really mm. like, I must have a little bit of it still, still there to have that, to feel good and feel validated. There must be doubt somewhere there there anyway but it's not it's not holding me back any in any sense um awesome so the next question because obviously i've shared with everyone about the different courses and the different facets of your business and how how you you know got not fingers in multiple pies but you're helping people in a variance of different ways so one of the questions that came up was how do you decide where to invest when up leveling your business or for your personal journey? Is it an intuition based thing or how do you process that? Oh, that's a really good question. And I mean, I'm sure you've been, we've been doing this for like two years now. The girls are getting really good at their questions when they come to it. The starter was like, you know, what moisturizer do you use and what's your favorite thing to do in the morning? And now they're like, tell us about your child. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's so good. Um, so Oh gosh, now I'm thinking about their childhood and moisturizers and things like that. So what was the, what was the question again? How do you decide what courses to invest oh, in up leveling right. your personal journey? Well, I think it's a really programs good... or things I would guess though. Yeah, I think it's a really good question. And I I think it's like if I was gonna tell you the answer to that, I think that would probably rob you of your journey you know like I think no one can answer that but you and I can tell you what it's been for me and at times it's been intuition at times it's been a logical thing that I need to balance out in my business like it depends where you're at and I think the best thing you could potentially do is um, do like a life wheel and give yourself a score out of 10 in all the different areas of life and wherever you've got the lowest score really focus on developing and harnessing you know energy on that area because we tend to just do more of what we're good at and more of what we already know and so what we're good at gets super strong and then like our weaknesses are kind of just oh let's just not look at those and let's not focus on those um but I think it depends I've definitely based so many of my decisions on on just intuition but I've also invested in some courses and programs where afterwards I've realized oh my values really didn't align with that particular person but that in itself was powerful so I think no matter what you register for or choose to invest in it's up to you to get the lessons and the learnings. And sometimes the lessons and the learnings are how to choose the right course and how to stick to what's authentic for you. And sometimes you only know that by investing in something that doesn't feel authentic. So yeah, I, I'm, I can't give one bad coach and it gives you years, years totally. of growth and development and it completely changes you. And it's a horrible experience, but you look back and be like, 
that was a wonderful experience. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I definitely agree with that. So, yeah. That's yeah, a good answer. I'm going to wiggle out of that answer. Yeah, no, it's good. They actually asked um, a similar thing to, to me a couple of weeks ago in our hot seat. And I was like, for me personally, it's when I get to a point of frustration. That's really like my, my tipping point is like, I can't do this. I don't have time for this. I need to learn this like once and for all, I need to deal with it properly. There's this point where it's like, I can't push this aside anymore. It comes wow. straight up in my face, usually blows up in my face. And then I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do. But that's my personality. It just takes that level to break through my stubbornness, I think. So I think having- That's so fascinating because like we, I, one of the things we learn about in NLP trainings is our strategies and we have strategies and decisions for every single thing that we do. Um, and so that's really, that's so fascinating for me to yeah. hear that because it's like, yeah, I think I like learning is like one of my highest values. So I'm just always hungry and looking for new ways to learn. So I think it is different for every single person. Everyone's got a different strategy for how they choose courses. And I and love they, learning. Oh, like what was I diving into this morning? Like, um, oh, ancient, ancient Greek theatrics, like something I was looking Amazing. at. I just get curious about stuff. And suddenly four hours later, I'm down like a YouTube and a, um, not a YouTube, but a Wikipedia, like, I'm in a wormhole and Aaron's like, why are you reading up about like Japanese geisha culture? I'm like, cause I was curious, you know? Um, but then while you're like mapping all of your past lives and <laughs> probably, probably <laughs> looking at some random jazz thing from the 1920s, but, and then, and then, but the personal stuff, like the confronting, I don't want to do with my emotional stuff. I don't do my, like that reaches the boiling point. I push it away. And so I don't want to pay attention. But learning in general is I get really frustrated if I haven't learned something every day. That's a huge part of why I get like really grumpy. Aaron's like, go read a book. <laughs> You're in a bad mood, go and read a book. Yeah. yeah Whereas yeah. my partner's like, have you meditated? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I think that was a great, a great tangent to end up in. Um, what could you, what do you wish you could tell your 18 year old self? And I have a feeling I know I'm going to, so I know what you would say. <laughs> oh, well, I want to hear what you want to say. What I think it would be along like it's like that. If you wouldn't change anything, you don't want to give yourself too much advice because it was change who you are and where you're at today. Would that be right or wrong? I mean, I think that's the answer that we're meant to give. But I mean, I would definitely say leave him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, just because I'm so curious as to like how my life would have planned out. And I'm, and I feel like there's so many things that would have still worked out. But like, I knew in my heart that, yeah, that I, and then I married him like six years later. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, So yeah, but you know, you're meant to say, oh, I wouldn't change anything. But I actually would just give myself a big kick in the ass and say like you knew you knew yeah, yeah. yeah I did know I knew but I didn't want to know wow that's so that's so it's just opposite mine is I would go back and tell like eight not even 18 year old if someone asked me younger because I was already with my husband by then but it was like wait he's worth it stay hold on mm. like it hurts he hasn't noticed you yet it's three years one day you'll marry that man and everything will be better than you can ever imagine just like just hold on don't go and burn all your journals yet just like chill it's gonna be fine detach yeah <laughs> that's what my 13 year old self needed to know okay so that's not what i expected that's brilliant though <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <Brutal. leave it. laughs> there's probably a lot of girls that need to go back and hear that when they're 18 <laughs> just walk away honey it's not worth it yeah All right. um how has meditation affected your uh sorry no i'm just reading this the wrong way because i can't remember my own handwriting has 
COVID impacted your meditation? Has anything changed about your meditation since um, coronavirus has come along? And has it forced you to pivot your business in any ways? Oh, it was like three questions in there. Yeah. That's good. So first, yeah, yeah. Um, first one, I, I, um, around the time of COVID, my auntie actually, who lives in Sedona, she started running dance movement meditations on Zoom every week. And I started doing those with her and it felt so counterintuitive during these times of fear and change and uncertainty to just be like rocking out and dancing and all of this stuff. But it was such a beautiful way of me kind of expressing through movement what my emotions were feeling. And that was, that was a change for me, definitely, and opened a lot more things up for me than I thought. I would. Um, so that was different. And I think that opened up my mind as well to different forms of meditation, like movement meditation. And even like the yoga training that I did was more movement meditation. It wasn't like vinyasas and flows, like that's kind of like calisthenics. The, the yoga that I really love is like more meditative um, and slight movements with the breath. So I think um, it's definitely forced me to amp it up. Um, I had a lot more time. And so it was like, oh, well, I guess I'll go meditate now. Uh, and so um, one of the things that my partner and I really took a couple of weeks to think about during, it was around March, April, when COVID really was big in Adelaide and South Australia. And when we were in lockdown is we thought, okay, there's a lot of people right now that are in fear. There's a lot of people that are shutting down. What's something that we can give them to help them through this time. So we just built like a free program called From Fear to Clear. And we had like literally people from all over the world signing up for it and it was just such a beautiful way for us to be able to give to the community because we could um, and I think that really pivoted our business in terms of like thinking of ways that we could give through the internet because honestly like in-person stuff is my comfort zone and I was in that comfort zone and I think like so many of us I mean you're very internet savvy but um, I wasn't so I and so building pantsless events <laughs> events are not my jam so we're opposite in that aspect that's great I mean I am wearing wearing woolen socks right now and it is amazing <laughs> but yeah I think um that just definitely forced me out of my comfort zone uh, and one of the things that I did I did a meditation course last year and one of the things that I got out when COVID started was this little do dude it's called a mindfold mask um, and it's specifically designed for meditation because you can have your eyes closed and your eyelashes don't get squished they're like 20 bucks on Amazon so it's called Mindfold if you just Google the, Google the brand or something. Like you don't have to have one. But for me, if you're like in a lit room, meditating during the day where you can block out all the light just allows you to, you know, when you remove one of the senses, it just allows you to go so much deeper inward. And I feel like I can like see my heart when I do that because I'm, it's actually dark. And obviously if you've got noise cancelling headphones, I whack them on in the day too. And so you're just completely inward. And that's, and then, have you ever done yes. like planks? Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. Have you done it? I haven't yet. There's like nothing out our way. So for me, it was it's something I got to like travel and find. Yes. Yeah, they're good fun. Yeah, Float Room at Marion is wonderful. And also Bliss um, Beauty and Float. That's great on Brighton Road. But yeah, bit of a trek, bit of a trek. It's worth amazing. it. I spent, I spent a lot of time just lying in the ocean in summer. Um, but of course, it's less relaxing now with kids jumping all over you and come a boogie board to the face every now and again. And shit like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't want to be meditating. <laughs> no, but that sounds amazing. So COVID did pivot your business, but in a really positive, challenging way, and you were able to up your meditation practice and try new things. Cool. Yeah. I'm actually, guys, there's a whole section on in this month's ebook, which is all about meditation that's not meditation. So things like dance, um, walking, running, all those things like that. So that's going to be really cool for you guys to check out. 
All right. Next question is how do you use meditation in your day? A nice simple question now. Yeah, that is a nice simple question. Yeah, well, I think following on from what you just said, like I think we like I wrote about this in the ebook, right? Is like we are so busy and the last thing any of us women need is another thing on the to-do list. And I think when meditation becomes a isolated incident that you do and it's like, okay, tick, I've done my 15 minutes of meditation. Now I'm just going to be a bitch for the rest of the day. Like it's, it's actually meditation is like, how present can we be in the moment when I get triggered? How present can I be with my kids? I don't have kids yet, but like with my cat when it's screaming to get in this room, cause I'm on an instant interview or, you know, That's like lucky. how, yeah. And so like, even, I, I mean, I had to get a bloody tattoo to remind me to breathe, but even just like taking five deep breaths of way meditation in and so um when i'm driving I'll, I'll often drive with meditation music on and it'll be like i know that that sounds weird but i get into like a really good state when i'm driving yeah. um and it just is regenerative whereas you know just little things like that i mean everything can be meditation even cooking the way that you chop the vegetables you could be breathing in and out and just being really present and even like um gratitude meditation you know for all of the vegetables and and as you look at each vegetable actually thinking back to the farmer that grew that carrot and having gratitude for that and then the the, the person that picked up the load of carrots from the farmer and took it to the grocery store and then for you or your partner picking up the vegetables and then bringing them home and like just all of the processes and when you sit down for dinner looking at your plate and having gratitude and, and stemming back all of the processes that brought that meal on your plate rather than it just being like okay let's eat and go um, so I think presence and slowing stuff down is how I weave meditation in because naturally I'm very go, go, go. Like I like to be efficient and get stuff done. And so actually slowing down and, and contemplating and reflecting and obviously journaling. Like I am like a mad bullet journaler. Like I draw and journal and like do charts and I do all sorts of crazy stuff and that's a form of meditation. So I think like drawing is really powerful too. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of different things, but I think, start like noticing how everything you do is a meditation like brushing your teeth can be a meditation it doesn't have to be like oh i've done my 15 minutes on insight timer done tick it's, yeah. it's i think the more we can weave it in the more powerful it is do you agree exactly and like this month it was like i was tossing up with the team we're talking about do, we wanted to provide something interactive as well as giving the, the team meditations and i was like do we want to do a meditation bingo or do we do like a 30-day challenge and i'm like no we don't want the 30-day challenge so we created a meditation bingo. I'm going to send you a copy of the ebook actually, which has got things in like a meditated with no pants on, meditated inside the home, meditated, we got distracted and said, fuck it. Like, so I think there's still, so we feel like we're making progress, even if our meditations aren't those beautiful Instagrammable YouTuber here, welcome to my morning routine, which sometimes that's not, sometimes it's five minutes in the car. Sometimes it's, you know, sitting on the shower floor. Oh, my God. I will totally lose track in the shower. I mean, water's my, I think it must be being a cancer. Water's my meditative yeah. state. So I get in the shower and I think it's been like 40 minutes because I'm just zoned out. And Aaron's like, well, you had a quick shower. I was like, what? I was in there for ages. He's like, you were literally two and a half minutes. So I was like, wow. I get very, very like completely in and out of time. My son actually used meditation to go to sleep at night. My son's got autism. So he uses Beautiful. meditation and he actually struggles really, really badly with time perception. So we'll be in the car for 10 minutes and he'll, it will feel like eight hours for him or like, likewise, he'll be doing something for a long time and it'll feel like 30 seconds. I came and spoke to him. So the meditation, he'll feel like he'll start listening to a track and it's 20 minute track. And yet 
for him, it feels like it's been three weeks he's been asleep for and he wakes up feeling so rested. It's like it amplifies wow. for him. Very powerful. So we're a big meditation family. And then I think everyone gets this idea that, yeah, it's just this tick box challenge. I have to sit in a certain space in the morning to de-stress or when it comes from that corporate energy, it's very much like everyone we're doing a group bonding exercise. Everyone sit in the room and meditate. What's been your experience with people kind of opening their, this is my question now, opening their eyes up to what meditation can actually be. Is that mm. rewarding for you? Yeah, well, I've definitely like, I've run hundreds of workshops over the last six years since I started my business and I've always pretty much had at least one or two people that haven't, ever meditated before and honestly when I first started running workshops it was like 80% of the room hadn't meditated before and now it's like 8% of the room and so that to me is a really cool trend over six years to see just how much people are making it a priority and have you know worked it into their lives um, and I I think in corporate as well I know you just touched on that before as well I think yeah the idea of people meditating so that people are more efficient at work that concerns me you know and I think meditating for an outcome is very masculine you know it's a very um controlling process and that really is like what we talked about in the very opening about like taking away any attachment and just being able to give the humanness that you are space to breathe and i don't know that we get that so i think you know this time with covid as well i, I really believe it's like mother earth's way of trying to get get balance in the in the ecosystem as well and get humans out of out of the world for a little while and we all had to kind of go to our rooms i don't know if you saw that meme but time out. yeah yeah time out yeah so i think you know nature is the most um truthful mirror for you know for, for being able to just reconnect with our truthful nature and our nature within so i think like nature is always a powerful meditation um and i think you know it's 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 a different journey for everyone and i think like like what you're doing with that bingo i think that's epic because i really think people need to just let the fuck go of comparing themselves and going oh well i've got to even wear like a hippie top no you can just meditate wearing your trackies or doing whatever it doesn't matter there's, there's no like right or wrong way that it looks or doesn't look it's you know are you just showing up for yourself and i sort of talked about that in the ebook as well is like the way that we build self-esteem and self-worth is by maintaining and sticking to commitments to ourselves and so like even just committing to five minutes for yourself every day that you're just going to sit and breathe you're like if you just connect to yourself every day crazy amazing beautiful things start to happen and stuff just flows and manifesting gets easier and all of that stuff just starts to ripple and so I think um yeah like when I was coaching I don't coach one-on-one -on -one anymore but when I was coaching one-on-one -on -one, I wouldn't work with someone until they had gone through my meditation for beginners like ebook and like actually started the meditation practice because the difference between how they would show up in a coaching session they got so much more value because they could be present and they weren't just coming with this chaotic overload of thoughts and blur. They'd actually had time to slow down and process and be with themselves. So then they could come from a much richer place. So yeah, yeah I don't know if that answered your question, but that's that answered what... a question about eight more, which is really great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually all the questions that have come through from the group for kind of this Q and A interviewee training type of thing that we run every month. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Baby's waking up, which is probably my perfect timing. So I've checked the time and I'm like, yeah, right on forty minutes. We're doing great. So thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, everyone's loved seeing a little bit of your business 
on the group, but where can they find you next if they want to learn a little bit more about what you do or NLP and maybe work with you in the future? Where should they go? Do you need to grab your bub? I don't mind if you bring him on. I have a two minute limit before I'm picking him up. It's fine. Ah, okay, cool. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you. It's been such an honor. And, you know, I know that you have created such a beautiful tribe and I really respect you and welcome me, welcome me and trusting me with your beautiful community. So thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah, probably the easiest way. Um, my website is relaunchmylife.com.au or my Insta is just at Juliet Lever. And if you follow that or on Facebook, um, you can find out more about my book, my courses, um, bits and pieces as well. But yeah, very readily available. So I'm sure if you just like do a little search, you'll be able to connect with me. And yeah, if you message me, just let me know what you took away or what your biggest takeaway was from it. I'd love to hear from anyone. So thank awesome. you. Well, as soon as this goes up in the page, we'll have everyone sharing selfies and, and going from there. It usually takes a couple of weeks for everyone to watch it. But once once they do, it's really great. Awesome. awesome. Well, I'm gonna... <laughs> Go and get the little man. I think his white noise machine's turned off. That's why he's like, hi. <laughs> See, even white noise is meditation. Even the baby has it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you so you. much, Juliet. I look forward to seeing what's next for you. for listening to this episode of the sexy selfish mums manifesting wealth podcast as always we would love to hear your feedback on instagram so slide on into my dms or share a story with this episode any feedback or questions you have and if you'd like to find out more about the elite membership either send me a dm on instagram or head on over to our website and learn more about our 12 month mastermind for women in business ready to unlock the inner wealthy woman and create a business that allows you impact and income from a place of alignment and integrity. It's fucking amazing. And I would love to have you a part of it. Um, enjoy. Enjoy.